This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, wow, it's really happening. I got a call uh, just a few minutes ago. Trump's going to be indicted this week, maybe even today. That's uh, somebody in the know uh, believes that, and everything indicates that they're really going to do it. They're really going to do it again. This time, the feds, federal prosecutors, that weirdo, uh, well, the whole damn system. Why should I single out one weirdo? They're all crazy freaks, but I will start with uh, Jack Smith. Jack Smith is the nobody prosecutor who's about to become a major somebody. I'm looking at him right now. He's just a guy in a suit with a beard walking around, but he wants to be a superstar, and this will make him household name famous for about eight seconds. And um, by the way, no one's ever going to remember his name. It's too generic, Jack Smith. He's the special prosecutor appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland to go after Trump. And uh, that's uh, that's the name of the game. Go after Trump. Uh, you can do whatever the hell you want. You can break the rules. You can break the law even. Uh, or you can use it so cleverly that you don't have to break the law, but you can impose it unfairly. Just like Joseph Stalin said, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. They got a man and they want to frame him for something. And this is all related to the, the top secret documents, the secret documents, the not so secret documents, the documents that Trump had every right to access as president of the United States and even as an ex-president of the United States. This is insane. But they don't care. They're going to keep doing it. Why? Because they're in control. They control the levers of power. They control everything. They control corporate America, the government, academia, the media, everything and everybody. Uh, I mean, how do you explain Joe Biden falling down off of a stage and nobody even mentioning it? Somehow it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. And they're talking about it behind the scenes, but they don't trust us. They don't even like us. So uh, they'll tell us more when they're ready. This is the weaponization. You know, you've heard that phrase. The first time I heard it, weaponization of the of the Justice Department. It sounded so, you know, ominous. And, wow, that's really powerful. Now it's just like it's a given. Yeah, they've weaponized it. They've weaponized it all day long. I look at MSNBC, and they've got a bunch of creepy career prosecutors just shh, brainstorming nonstop about how they can get Trump. We can get him on this. We can get him on that. We can, If we look at it this way, we can get him on that. We can. The guy's innocent. The only thing he's guilty of is trying to change the swamp. It's it's incredible that it's happening. It's so incredible. It's heartbreaking. It's frustrating as hell. They keep doing it, and quite frankly, those of us who are not in power and I like the, we don't hold office, or we're in the minority, or we are uh, you know we're in the media, but we're not in the dominant media. They just keep marching along. There's no check on them. They can pull this off, especially in a place like Washington D.C. I mean, you can show anything to a jury down there, and if they if it's portrayed as anti-Trump, they'll that jury will give you what you want as a prosecutor. So this whole thing about the documents, you know, I heard, and this is interesting. The whole damn thing was probably a setup. The whole damn thing. So you know, 
There's this, do we really want to go into the nitnoy details of the Presidential Records Act? This is what I can't stand. They set the parameters, and we debate the merits of their case, and then they just do it anyway, and then they just go on to the next thing. They just go on, it's like from impeachment one to impeachment two, to uh, civil uh, civil case number one, then criminal case number two, and then criminal case number three. Each one is worse than the one before, but they keep going. And we, oh, by the way, keep playing the game. Well, you know, if you look at it, this, this, we, we debated on the merits. They don't care about the merits. They could care less. They're out to get Trump. What's that line in the uh, in the Godfather? Look, he's going to kill Pop. That's That's key for him. Remember they were talking about, what was his name, Salazzo? And Michael figured the whole thing out. Look, they got to kill Pop. That's key for him. That's key. Now, they didn't kill Pop. Remember, Salazzo got killed. I don't want anybody to get killed. I don't want anybody to die. I'm speaking metaphorically, of course, seriously, seriously. Um, but that that comes to mind. This is key for them. they got to take him out. I see Chris Christie. Chris Christie, career. No, he's not a career. He's a, a career blowhard. Is he really running? Yeah, he's running. What is it going to be? In New Hampshire, he makes the announcement. New Hampshire. Hey, where's my piece of paper, by the way? Where's my piece of paper? Can I have my piece of paper? Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Chris Christie is going to declare. Chris Christie was with Donald Trump all the way until the end. I mean, he helped him get ready for the debate with Joe Biden. He was there uh, giving debate prep in the fall of 2020. Why did he turn on him? Because of January 6th and so-called election, the election stuff. Well, that tells you a lot about Chris Christie. If he's not, if he's going to buy into the hype and lies about January 6th, he doesn't deserve. <laughs> there you go. We always knew you were a scumbag, and and now we've now another reminder. Scumbag. That's a little harsh. I don't like that word. Dirtbag. That's a little. That's a little. Uh, that's a little milder. Look, I don't like him. I can't stand him. I think he's a terrible guy and uh, out for himself. And he sabotaged, tried to sabotage the candidacy of of Mitt Romney. I'm no Mitt Romney fan, but in 2012, in September, October, and November of uh, of 2012, you better believe it. I was a Mitt Romney fan. I mean, he was our one hope to turn up Barack Obama, and it didn't work. And one of the reasons why, one of the many reasons, but Chris Christie really kicked him in the groin at the uh, the worst possible moment. At the worst possible moment, Chris Christie uh, screwed with Mitt Romney because he didn't want Mitt Romney to win. That's the thing. I, I wonder how much people are aware of that. It, it comes into play a lot that the people who you think are your friends when you're in politics really aren't your friends, and they want you to lose. They really want you to lose, they, or they want it. They want you to fail. Chris Christie set to announce 2024 campaign in New Hampshire. Going to happen any uh, any moment now, but it keeps going like this, right? They do something, we get mad, they don't care, and then they do something again. They do it even worse. They keep going. They keep going. At conservative media, what do we have here? The Wall Street Journal, Fox News, and the New York Post. All of them are owned by Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> um, and when the boss is in charge, the boss gets what he wants. Now, I love the Wall Street Journal. I love the New York Post. I really kind of had it with Fox News, oh, by the way. Um, but they reflect the vision of the boss. It's not, it's not a pure search for the truth. And they don't like Trump. They hold their nose around Trump. So they're always fighting with one hand tied behind their back. And I feel like the people, well, the censorship thing is real. 
You hear what Robert F. Kennedy said the other day? Robert F. Kennedy said that he thinks the CIA killed his father, RFK Jr., and I think killed his uncle, John F. Kennedy. Now, a lot of people agree with him, uh, including myself. I wouldn't have said that two years ago. I believe it now. I do believe it. And they kicked that little interview we had with Mike Tyson, of all people, off of YouTube. Isn't that crazy stuff? Is this America or what? No, it's not. It's becoming something unrecognizable, and it's heartbreaking. And, yeah, it's frustrating because it's right. We do this over and over and over again. And I'm looking for, quite frankly, you know, is it is running for mayor enough? Do I run for Congress? Do I what? Maybe I have a protest. Maybe I organize a peaceful protest. Maybe I do something like that. Now, however, however, with the specter of January 6th, you see, they're raining upon a right that we have in our Constitution, right, to peaceably assemble. We're allowed to do that. But anytime MAGA wants to do that, they start making noise about January 6th. Uh-oh. And you wonder, you wonder what could happen. Is somebody going to roll a, a stink grenade into the middle of the mix there? Could that happen? I think it could happen. I don't want anybody to break the law. I want peace. But I also want to be able to exercise my constitutional rights and more and more. And people are self-censoring. You see that? Self-censoring all the time. <sighs> Ordinary people. I can see, uh, you know, David Muir on the fake news doesn't want to say the wrong thing or he'll lose that $10 million a year job, $15 million a year job. But... Do you have to say the right thing to keep your $50,000 a year job? Is that America? No. Um, I'm told Tim Scott did a pretty good job on The View yesterday. I'm a little bit sick of reacting to what everybody says. Oh, by the way. You know, oh, somebody said something. I'm going to call it out. Let's call it out. Like, what does that do? You know, America, and here's going back to Mitt Romney. Again, I'm not a fan, but he said one thing that I liked. America has become not a country about what you do. It's a country about what you say. And that's actually not a good thing. Anybody can say the right thing, but can you do the right thing? Doing the right thing, that's a whole new level of stuff, right? It's a whole new level, and a lot of people are not prepared to do much of anything, but they'll say whatever it takes. They'll say anything. Gosh, the people back in the 80s, you know, who are fighting the... um the culture wars, boy, they were right. They t- they warned about what giving a little would ultimately lead to. And look at the look at what we have on our hands right now. Look at look at what's going on. The sexualization of children, uh, and this just occurred. You know, walking through the streets of Manhattan uh, ten minutes ago. Hey, keep smoking the pot. Go ahead, smoke up. Um, that means there's going to be more money for those of us who are not smoking up. For those of us who are ambitious and want to retain our energy, and yes, want to retain a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of anxiety is actually good for you. I got, I have a lot of friends who smoke this crap and tell me what it does for them as far as anxiety. And I said, I notice you're doing the same damn thing you were doing 12 years ago. You think that has anything to do with it? Right? You're pretty damn comfortable. You don't want to be too comfortable sometimes at, at, at certain times in your life. Everybody's smoking this stuff. We don't know. We haven't begun to figure out what that's going to do to us. Nancy Reagan was right. Remember when they used to laugh at Nancy Reagan? Just say no. The just say no campaign. You see that they're selling uh, vending machines now. A big public announcement like this is a good thing. In New York City, you can buy hypodermic needles and Narcan and crack pipes from a vending machine that was established with our taxpayer money, our taxpayer dollars. 
This is the end of civil society. This is the end of it. It's winding down right now. It's by a crack pipe from a government vending machine. And they made fun of Nancy Reagan. Oh, just say no. Just say no. Well, everybody's. Everybody said that wasn't cool, and now everybody, you're allowed to say yes. You're allowed to smoke this crap. I see ordinary people, regular people, people people who look like they have jobs smoking this stuff. And what else? It is a gateway drug, oh, by the way. Once you do that, you want more. It is addictive. It messes with your brain. There are psychotic aspects to it. And we are in huge, huge trouble. See the new thing from uh, Apple, the headset? Looks a lot like the Oculus that came out in 2011, oh, by the way. <laughs> the virtual reality experience. I'm not that impressed with technology. Oh, although, did you watch my uh, TV show last night? I uh, did a demo of Chat GPT, and I was pretty impressed, actually. Let me see here. I asked it to write me a uh, speech about how Donald Trump has been treated unfairly. And I said, you've got to weave into the speech the idea that it was wrong for the media to ignore Joe Biden falling off the stage. And uh, it did a pretty good job. It did a very good job. Um, the health of our president should never be dismissed or downplayed. We need to have an open and honest discussion about what this fall might mean for Joe Biden's ability to lead effectively. This silence from the major political talk shows highlights a glaring bias in our media landscape. When a similar incident occurred with a previous president, it dominated the news cycle for days with endless analysis and speculation. But when it's Joe Biden, there's an inexplicable double standard. We cannot let our media outlets pick and choose what they want to cover based on their personal agendas. This is artificial intelligence. This is what I just <laughs> pretty damn good. I have heard i have experienced the liberal bias of this thing. But when you ask it the right question in the right way, hey. It's a pretty powerful and impressive tool. It could kill us all, though. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, June 6th, it's uh, D-Day, right? The D-Day anniversary, 1944. uh, 79 years ago, 79 years ago. And it's... uh, 35 years ago since I showed up at boot camp, June 6th, 1988, I volunteered to go to Marine Corps Officer Candidate School, and I regretted it about 15 minutes after I got to the base. What in the hell did I do? And I'm here voluntarily. This is, uh, (laughs) I thought I had a real problem in my hands, but I kept my head down, stayed with it. Uh, it was the most brutal shock of my life, you know, going from, you know, just a, a, a kid on Long Island, suburban, whatever, student, uh, you know, paper route, that kind of stuff to get in line, remember, remember, Jill Sergeant's yelling at you, go on, Kelly, double time. Just, 
I was like, what? No one had ever like, you know, just people were just not nice to you on purpose, right to your face. People you didn't know. I mean, it's one thing when your brother gives you a hard time. Anyway, uh, glad I did it. You had to learn how to, uh, shoot. You had got a haircut. You, uh, they broke you down to build you up. Um, and it was quite an experience, but man. And then I had to go back. You have to do it in two summers. I did it uh, two years later. I had to go back, and I had nightmares about going back all the time. I'm surprised I actually went back. Um, but I did go back, and uh, and that's that. D-Day. Hey, you ever notice in the pictures of D-Day? I know it was really intense there. It was really, really intense. Sometimes war photography does not convey that, though, because when the bullets really start flying, uh, that's when the photographers duck. Okay? That's when the photographers just, okay, time out. I've got to, uh, I don't want to die here. So uh, a lot of the great pictures of war, unfortunately, are, are before the action starts or right after the action is over. During the action, those are those are harder to find. Uh, 1944. What else do we say? Oh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. What the hell? What a what a what an incredible movie. Got a little. Um, yeah, no, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. What is my beef with that? Is it Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. Is it Matt Damon? Something about that movie wasn't right, but it was a good movie overall. Um, James Comey, what a big mouth. This guy is the former director of the FBI, and he says that there is no choice in America. Joe Biden must win re-election. Cut 34, please. Cut 34. You were a Republican most of your life, uh, but voted for, and you may still consider yourself one, but voted for Biden in 2020. Do you intend to vote for him again, or is there anyone on the Republican side you might consider if it's not Trump? It has to be Joe Biden, and and I'm glad he's willing to serve. The president must be someone who abides the law in our Constitution, and there's no one else but Joe Biden. What a pathetic man, and what a pathetic statement. It must be Joe Biden. Why? Because we can control Joe Biden? Because we know of all the dirty stuff he did, and we can break it out at the drop of a hat and we can get him to do what we want him to do because otherwise we could actually impeach this guy and throw him in jail. When you've got a dirt trail like Joe Biden, when you have all that stuff, all that baggage, I mean, hey, just for starters, he's got an illegitimate granddaughter. <laughs> They're suing the Biden family for child support. Uh, in a normal, healthy society, that would take the candidate out of uh, out of contention right there. We could find somebody else. This is a big country, 300 million people. And Joe Biden, Joe Biden, really? Um, oh, we won't be seeing Chris Sununu on the debate stage, even though it's going to be a lot of fun. Who is Chris Sununu? Uh, listen to this. Even on our way out, it's, it's, it's good. He thought he was running for brownies or Boy Scouts, not the president of the United States. Cut 36. Are you, are you any closer to making a decision about whether or not you're going to run for president than last time I asked? Well, I guess we're, we're a few days closer. Right? Ah, sorry about that. Bad timing. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Are you, are you any closer to making a decision about whether or not you're going to run for president than last time I asked? Well, I guess we're, we're a few days closer, right? I, I know I probably, you know, all of us have to make some sort of decision uh, as we hit the summer months. Uh, I, I'd love to be in a debate if, if we actually go down that path. I just think that'd be really fun to kind of get on stage with some of my friends and, and really have it out and talk about real issues, not just headlines and political stunts and all that, and kind of put each other on the line. What a spoiled little brat. I think it'd be really fun to be on the stage with my friends. Yeah, you know, his father is a governor. His brother's a senator. He's a senator. And uh, 
Uh, chutzpah. That guy thought, even for a moment, that he could be my president. Uh, sorry, not happening. Real Trump haters. So many Trump haters out there. You know what? You know it would be really great? If some of you Trump haters could put aside your... Uh, your animosity, your hostility, and just realize that they're not coming for Trump. They're coming for the country. They're coming for us. They're rearranging, they're throwing out the rules to get Trump. Guess what? They can throw out the rules to get anybody now, to get you, to get me. It's incredible. It's really happening. If, if, uh, uh Mike Pence, Chris Christie stood up and joined forces with the guy, we should rally around him. I mean, it's, these are desperate times, really desperate. Hey, I like this guy a lot. Uh, well, I'll get to that in a moment. You saw the Apple stuff. I mentioned it in the last hour. The new headset, the new virtual reality headset that's going to cost, I think, 3500 bucks. And they always start out really expensive. But pretty soon, uh, these things will be as uh, common as uh, an Apple phone or an iWatch. Everybody will have one. And I'm a little bit worried about that because they are actually very, very good. And uh, as they tweak this stuff, it's going to be scary. I mean... I put one on a couple of months ago for uh, to simulate a ride in the spirit of St. Louis. Remember Lindbergh's plane? I always wanted to fly that thing. And I got a friend who has this whole complete flight simulator uh, set up, and you could pick any airplane in the world, and I picked that airplane. And I took off from Republic Airport, and I'm sitting in the damn spirit of St. Louis. Everything I look at, it's like I'm there. It's like... It's it's better than a cartoon, but imagine if you're living in a cartoon, a 3D cartoon, and it's pretty cool. Better than a cartoon, much better than a cartoon. You're actually living in it. You're in the moment. And I was uh, flying around. I take off from a public airport. I make a right, and I go down to the uh, the great big bay down there just before the ocean. And I lo- you can actually look out the window. You know, the Spirit of St. Louis had a, and I look, you can look down, and there's street down there, and you can feel wind. It's crazy. And this is a pretty crude device compared to, I think, compared to what uh, Apple has just done. So everybody, if you think your phone is addictive, uh, you think uh, cable TV is addictive. I mean, there's Netflix is addictive. This thing is going to possibly be the end of humanity. Everybody will be just sitting there like opium addicts uh, watching this stuff, feeling this stuff, living literally vicariously and um, – I don't think that's the way we're supposed to live. It's kind of like The Matrix. Remember The Matrix? That movie is more relevant today than ever before. Uh, everybody was in a dream state. Everybody was in a dream state. The reality was that their bodies were being used by machines for power. It's really incredible. And um, But what did you want to do? Did you want to live in your dream state, or did you want to, which was beautiful and warm and nice, or did you want to live in the cold, dark, hard reality? And you take the red pill to live in the cold. Oh, gosh, great movie. I didn't appreciate it at the time, and now it's just so relevant. Hey, listen to this. This is an important story from uh, a very uh, renowned professor from Yale Law School. It's in today's Wall Street Journal. It's an important piece. The big tech censorship machine is running in 2024. LinkedIn and Instagram have already suppressed Vivek Ramaswamy and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. by Jed Rubenfeld. Listen to this. Meta, the company that owns Google, Meta, Meta, what do they call it? Meta? No, that's a Facebook company. Meta. Meta slapped a 180-day suspensions last week on the Instagram accounts of people working for Democrat Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign before a single message had been posted from those accounts. This came shortly after LinkedIn shut down Republican candidate Vivek Ramatswamy's account 
apparently for expressing disfavored opinions on China and climate change. This censorship should worry anyone who cares about democracy in America. It isn't only anti-democratic. It's a thumb on the scale that could easily tip a tightly contested election. After Mr. Ramaswamy tweeted about his ban, LinkedIn claimed it was a mistake and lifted it. And on Sunday, Meta, Meta lifted its ban against Mr. Kennedy's personal Instagram account, which had been in place since 2021 and said it had removed restrictions on his campaigns as well. But what happens if these platforms impose similar restrictions in future, perhaps at moment, perhaps at a moment critical to the election? Under current law, there is little recourse. The Federal Election Commission's process is arcane, slow, and generally feckless. In October 2020, weeks before the election, Twitter and other platforms famously censored stories about Hunter Biden's laptop by the New York Post and others and locked the account of Donald Trump's press secretary after she linked to that story. These acts of censorship might have affected the election's outcome. Yet in August of 2021, the FEC ruled in Twitter's favor. The commission claimed there was no proof that the company was trying to influence the election, and a Twitter official swore the company had not received any communications from or had any communications with representatives of the Biden campaign. That seems to have been false. A Twitter email obtained by journalist Matt Taibbi revealed that the Biden team and Twitter were in close contact in October of 2020 and were working together to censor specific posts. By the way, the FBI was there, too. Some concerning Hunter Biden. But the practical point is that the FEC did not issue its ruling until nine months after the 2020 election, far too late to make a difference. In any case, the only issue the FEC had authority to decide was whether Twitter's censorship of the Hunter Biden story counted as a campaign contribution. The true legal stakes are much higher. The real question is for the courts, not the FEC. What rights do social media platforms have under the First Amendment? Are they more like television networks or telephone networks? Television networks are First Amendment speakers, equivalent to newspapers. They can choose to create a political brand and explicitly favor or disfavor any candidate they want. Telephone networks don't have such a right. They also are private companies, but the law treats them as common carriers, which are forbidden to discriminate on the basis of political opinion. AT&T cannot cut off a political campaign's access to telephone services. Verizon cannot block anti-abortion calls as contrary to community standards. In exchange, telephone networks receive a huge legal prize. No one can sue them for what people say using their networks. This is an immunity of which Fox News and its competitors can only dream Because of its First Amendment right as a speaker, a television network can be sued for defamation, invasion of privacy, and other torts. Bizarrely and uniquely, Internet platforms get the best of both worlds. When accused of censorship, they claim to be First Amendment speakers, constitutionally entitled to discriminate against viewpoints they dislike. And the courts have almost invariably agreed. But companies such as Meta and Google don't pay the price for that privilege. When it comes to who is responsible for what is said on their platforms, they insist they are like telephone networks, immune from lawsuits. 
Congress awarded them that immunity through Section 230 of the 1996 Communications Decency Act. The mistake lies, okay, it goes on and on and on. Now it gets rather technical, but you get the gist, right? It's really unfair. It's worse than unfair. It's Orwellian. Can we say Orwellian? Maria, hello. Welcome back. Hi, Greg. Happy Tuesday. Uh, just a comment. At the top of the show you were talking about, and you have spoken many times about this, about you can't go anywhere in the city without smelling grass, without smelling weed. Well, I have to tell you a very interesting story. Uh, this past Sunday, my 29-year-old daughter went with a group of her friends into the city for the day to have lunch, go shopping, and then they went to a concert at South Street Seaport. When she came home late Sunday night, I said, Gabby, did you have a good time? These were the first words out of her mouth. Mom, I could not believe it. From the moment we got out of the train at New Jersey Transit to Penn Station, whether we were in Midtown, we had lunch in the village, and then we saw the concert at South Street Seaport, all you saw were people lighting up, smoking grass at the, at the concert. They weren't even enjoying the music. They were not only smoking, they were all stoned out of their minds or all drunk. She says, my, it, was, it was unbelievable. And now, I'm a girl that grew up in the late 70s in Brooklyn, so I was like the club scene. I remember coming home and my parents saying to me, Maria, you stink of cigarettes. Now, it's grass. Yeah, it's wow. unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable, Greg. Yeah, no. Boy, by the way, that sounds like a horrible day, coming into the city and going uptown, downtown, having lunch here, going all the way downtown for a concert. I'm just thinking about the logistics involved. You know what I mean? Coming at all those trains. I don't want to do anything like that anymore. I really have lost my curiosity to go exploring some city. But no, the, your larger point is very, very uh, key here. Hey, by the way, you grew up in the late 70s. You were going to the clubs. Do you remember the son of Sam? Were you? Uh, were you yes, a- I remember. That was in Bensonhurst. I grew up in Gravesend. Yes, I remember that. Well, you make it sound like it's New Zealand. I mean, come on. It was like right next door, right? I mean, everybody. He was not only working Bensonhurst. I think, didn't he shoot people in Queens and Yonk all over the place, right? I think it was also like couples making out. Yes, yes. Out well, that's not kind of what I was getting at. Were you, uh, you know, of age back then? Yes, I was. <laughs> that was one hell of a time. I remember vaguely. I was a kid, but uh, the summer of Sam, 1977. You know, they want to let serial killers go. They want to actually figure out parole for... Some serial killers, so the people who had, you know, were sentenced to a thousand years in jail could actually apply for parole and might just start getting it. It's a, it's a big uh, proposal in the works. I saw it, uh, saw it last week. It's wild. Well, anyway, uh, uh she got home okay and, uh, she's not coming back anytime soon. I insisted that she take a car home because the concert didn't end until like 11 o'clock. I said, I don't care how expensive it is, and they took a car home back to Short Hills. What concert? I can't stand live music either. It's just like you can't really talk. You can't have a conversation. And a lot of these places you go and everybody stands up, so you can't sit for two hours. I can't stand it. What? Who did she see? Greg, don't ask me. They had a stand the whole time, no sitting. All I know is in two weeks, my husband and I are going to see Santana. So I'm happy about that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds nice. Carlos Santana. Somehow Santana is like, you know, it's like an, like, well, old, it's an older kind. He's an older guy. How old is he? 80 or something like that. All right, Maria, have a great time. Who was at, uh, I like that Santana guy. You know, he hires a lot of singers. 
You know, most of the singers are like not in his group. They're guests. They make guest appearances like, uh, like Michelle Branch and people like that. And that Thomas guy, they just drop by for a little bit. Uh, Chris, hi. Yes, sir. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good. I think that you should start your show off every night with Trump's inaugural speech telling the people that the country is going back to them instead of the bureaucrats. And then you follow up and say, this is where the hatred, the get Trump mentality yeah. originated. Well, you know, I've made that point many, many times. You can't start the show every night the same way. I, I you know, thanks for the tip, but you can't do that every day. And, uh, and, uh, but it's a great moment. And how about when those soldiers walk out behind him? Anybody ever notice that? Yeah. The soldiers walk out? That was the big, that was like, that was just, wow. It's so, it's so creepy in retrospect. All right. Thanks, Chris. And let's do, uh, one more. Gail on Staten Island. Hi. Good afternoon, Greg. I was watching Newsmax earlier today and I saw oh, a. Oh, good for you. Well, I saw a merchant marine, 95 years old, Dave Yoho, spoke so eloquently. And he served his country at age 16. And he said a quote. He said, we gave up our yesterdays for your tomorrows, at which, may I add, so all you entitled heads of our nations can screw it up today. Oh, wow. Wow. Strong. Strong. I, I looked at him and I was thinking of, you know, the President Joe Biden today. And you have to look up this man. Unbelievable how he spoke. Yeah. And uh, thank you, all those people that served D-Day. Absolutely. Wow, what a time. How about leaving your comfort zone, right? People now get, oh, so uncomfortable if somebody says the wrong thing. I love those memes. You ever see it? How's this for a comfort zone? And they show them storming the beach, wading in. Hey, half of that was you had to get wet. I always remember they were they they had to go into the water while they're wearing their complete uniforms. A lot of people died just there. Just a lot of people drowned. Everything about war is horrible. It really is, and that's why it must be fought only as a last resort. But sometimes you got to fight it. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yep, Chris Christie's really doing it, running, and um, he's uh, he's not going to win. However, you know you got to be in it to win it, and uh, the unexpected can happen. And I think that's what he wants to happen. And he expects uh, Trump to be possibly thrown in jail and indicted. That's what he wants to happen. Absolutely, that's what he wants to happen. Just like he wanted Mitt Romney to lose in 2012, because he probably never forgave himself for not running. He had the chance. Um, I'm going back and I'm looking at all these stories from 2011. And um, Nancy Reagan was like in love with him. Nancy Reagan invited him to the Reagan Library. He gave a big speech there. She always tried to not endorse anybody, but she came pretty damn close to endorsing him. All kinds of people were telling Chris Christie, you've got to do it. This is your moment, including Henry Kissinger. Henry is now, uh, Henry, Henry's a hundred years old. Henry Kissinger's a hundred years old. It was pointed out to me recently, you know, for a guy who's as big and important as Henry Kissinger, you know, he was only in government for like eight years. That's it. Eight years. Uh, most of his life has been in, uh, you know, he's been consulting or he's been in academia. Uh, but 1969 to 1977. The problem with Henry is he can't keep his mouth shut. He just can't keep his mouth and he's always, 
talking bad about people he's supposed to like. You know, he's undermining Nixon all the time, always talking trash about Nixon. He really cultivated the approval of the, you know, Georgetown set, that kind of thing. So anyway, happy birthday to that guy. Hey, who's this? This is Peter Strzok on that uh, horrible MSNBC show. It's not even one show. It's like four hours of solid programming. It's a bunch of lawyers basically showing how corrupt they are, how they will do anything to uh, find a way to hang Trump. And here's Peter Strzok, the disgraced FBI agent who admitted to trying to throw the election in 2016 for Hillary Clinton. It's amazing he's not in jail. Absolutely amazing. Here, His freedom is proof of the swamp's corruption. Cut 33, please. It points to a set of activities that are beyond just one person, potentially, that it was not just Donald Trump who engaged in this potentially illegal activity, but that he worked with others. Did he see Trump taking material out? Did he have any sort of conversation with Evan Corcoran where he told him, don't worry about it, it's only the basement stuff? There's potentially a standalone obstruction charge. Standalone obstruction charge. You see how you, what? I mean, the poor guy. Oh, and here's a big, here's a big piece of the puzzle regarding the documents. All right. So every president gets to keep documents, right? Some have to go back to the government. Under the Presidential Records Act, there is a procedure where a president or his staff will review documents and they'll determine what is considered presidential and what is considered personal. And there is a hell of a lot of latitude, a hell of a lot of latitude. Now, ordinarily, because there's not that much time between election day and inauguration day, <coughs> excuse me, um, they will put all those documents in a warehouse somewhere near where the um, soon-to-be ex-president lives. George W. Bush, I think they got a place for him in Waco. Uh, Barack Obama, they found that old furniture store in Chicago, and the National Archives will run the place, and they'll go through the paperwork. And they'll figure out, you know, what belongs to the president, what belongs to the country, or what belongs to the president personally. They never did that for Trump. The National Archives, they know how it's done. And they didn't do it for Trump. Why didn't they do that? I think it was a great big setup. We'll put it in his house and we'll frame him. They should have put it somewhere else. Why didn't they give him the same treatment they gave Barack Obama and George W. Bush? Uh, there's a great, really good lawyer, Tim Parlator, I think his name is. He used to be on the Trump team. He had a fight with one of the other lawyers, so he's no longer on the team, but he's out there basically defending the president. And he's making all these great points. And I like him a lot. Seems like a very good attorney. All right. I, uh, what's the deal? There's something on. There's a speaker that's on around here. Let's get it fixed. While I do that, I'll put Sandra on the phone. Sandra. Oh, good afternoon, Greg. Um, you know, I was thinking about Target and how you said it should just be a store. Well, you know what? Target is very, very dark. And when I say this, I say you might have heard about Mount Rushmore. They want to stop it there. You know, they're, they're contributing to a fund to ban Mount Rushmore, to demilitarize the uh, military. And the worst part is they're very anti-Semitic. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This just in, 
Black mother of four shot by white neighbor. Word for word, that's the title there right now on MSNBC. Black mother of four shot by white neighbor. Um, so that's why they're talking about it. All right. Black victim, the accused is white. <clears throat> they really want a race war because all the time that uh, there is black on black killing, they could give a damn. They could care less. Nobody cares. Black lives, remember, only really matter. Um, I mean, really, really matter. You can't just be white. You got to be a white cop. All right. If the accused is a white cop, then you can make all kinds of money, gather all kinds of attention, status, fame. Ben Crump is in probably for a cool two to five million dollars, depending upon the size of the municipality that he can sue or even all he has to do is threaten to sue. Ben Crump just shows up with Al Sharpton. They just have to (laughs) they'll get the message pay up right away or else. And uh, everyone's playing along with this crazy game, this crazy, silly game. Wait, now, what's going on here? Um, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold the wire. Billionaire's lawyer will speak to Senate panel on Clarence Thomas's gifts. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, Lauren, uh, Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court justice, has been through hell many times. A high-tech lynching, right? Now, this guy is abided by all the rules, all the regulations, never never did anything wrong in his life. And the way they treat him right now, and they want to impeach him, and they say he's an Uncle Tom, they say all kinds of horrible things about him. And now what's on the table right now is, well, <clears throat> this whole stuff about going on vacation with his friend. Oh, by the way, his wife was with him, okay? It's not like these guys went to Epstein Island. All right, they went to Disney World together, two families. This guy has a private jet. He went on it sometimes. But didn't he have business before the Supreme Court? No. No, he had none. Well, technically speaking, he's a real estate executive, and the real estate industry shut up with that. Then you can't say hello to anybody. You can't have a cup of coffee with anybody. It's very unfair. And, oh, by the way, he was adjudicated all of this stuff a dozen years ago. Harlan Crow, very benevolent uh, man, billionaire you know they've been friends uh, he and clarence thomas for about 30 years this stuff people were raising concerns about it uh, not real people you know partisans uh left-wing groups that kind of thing were saying this uh, shouldn't be happening so it went before a committee and they said uh everything's fine here but since i don't know whoever is writing the new stuff doesn't want to do the research or doesn't want to look back that far or doesn't have a memory um, they're just trying to make trouble all over again, and it will be found all over again that Justice Thomas did nothing wrong. Uh, great guy, and it looks like they're going to have Senate hearings about this. This is insane. You know, public service, public service. Why go into it anymore? You know, why go into it? Why? Why? Hey, I'm looking at a video of Joe Biden with uh, the Saudis fist-bumping everybody. Fist-bumping. What was this, back during covid it's a very bad look for everybody involved. Either bow, It's one thing if I fist bump, but if I'm the leader of the free world and I fist bump, that doesn't work. Somehow that doesn't work. Fist bump when you're on TV? No, I don't think so. Right now, James Comer, who I like a lot, congressman uh, from Kentucky, should be the biggest thing in the world right now. It looks like Joe Biden was taking bribes when he was vice president, and the FBI knows it. But the FBI being uh, not the Federal Bureau of Investigation, but Friends of Biden Incorporated, they seem to be covering up for Joe Biden. And they don't want this thing to go anywhere because this is how the swamp operates. 
You think they're all getting by on government salaries down there? Joe Biden lived rich because he was rich, and they found a way to work the system. The system. Now, the people will not stand for this stuff if they knew about the system, how much it stinks. But they're covering for him. This is this is Comer. He looked at the FBI statement, but they don't want to give it to him. The FBI uh, 1032 form. Cut one, please. Cut one. The main reason they're not wanting to make this public is because they're concerned about the source. The highly credible, and I haven't read that in a lot of outlets, the highly credible source that's been with the been with the uh, Bureau since the Obama administration. And they've been paying this guy six figures. So it's not just some nut job who called the uh, 800 number. Cut two, please. This document was dated, I think you all know this, from the subpoena on July 30th, 2020. The claims made in the document are consistent with what we found and disclosed to you all in Romania. It suggests a pattern of bribery, where payments would be made through shell accounts and multiple banks. And there's a term for that. It's called money laundering. And that, again, is what the, the majority of the suspicious activity reports also said. So we feel that this accusation is consistent with a pattern that we're seeing, frankly, in other countries, too. Yes. We believe there are multiple documents. Now, I know it's a pain in the neck, and I know it's not in tight little sound bites, um, but that's not justification for ignoring this story and pretending that Adam Schiff is a news machine and was it was justified that they covered him 24-7 for basically four years. No one's cooperating with these guys. They are presenting obstacles every step of the way. And instead of talking about the big picture, which is Joe Biden most likely accepting bribes when he was vice president, maybe even now, we're talking about the details of 1032 and the procedure to get it from the FBI. The FBI, they are stonewalling. Cut three, please. FBI officials confirmed that the unclassified FBI-generated record has not been disproven and is currently being used in an ongoing investigation. The confidential human source who provided information about then-Vice President Biden being involved in a criminal bribery scheme is a trusted, highly credible informant who has been used by the FBI for over 10 years and has been paid over six figures. These are facts and no amount of spin and, frankly, lies from the White House or congressional Democrats can change this information. And the FBI, oh, by the way, the FBI has not, uh, he's quoting the FBI and they're giving him some information, but they've done it very reluctantly. That letter that they sent him, they, they don't want, they're doing this kicking and screaming. But I also sense that the FBI realizes there could be a power shift. And the FBI is all about the FBI, like any good bureaucrat, okay? They're always keeping their eye down the road about what's coming next politically and how we get in with them and how we, right? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that going on. Cut four. It appears. This investigation is part of an ongoing investigation, which I assume is in Delaware. The Oversight Committee will follow the the facts and be transparent 
to the American people. What I have to say about the ongoing investigation? Did they say anything about the nature of the All I know is there's an ongoing investigation. They confirmed there's an ongoing investigation using this information. I assume that ongoing investigation is in Delaware. I don't know that, but I assume that. All right. <clears throat> Again, it's, uh, well, I guess it's not sexy, but it actually is fascinating and important and very important. I want to stay on this actually for a second. One more from Congressman Comer. Five. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee. And we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. Given the severity and complexity of the allegations contained within this record, Congress must investigate further. Americans have lost trust in the FBI's ability to enforce the law impartially and demand answers, transparency, and accountability. The investigation is not dead. This is only the beginning. How hard can this be? Why does it have to go on forever? Books have been written about this. Books have been written about the corruption of the Bidens. And uh, they rely on books, even the FBI. Wow, they jumped through hoops to get anything on Trump, didn't they? The impeachment, right? Articles of impeachment, that Mueller report, or all that stuff. This, the entire swamp, is slow walking it on purpose. Hey, real quick, the uh, I am, uh, wait, what is a woman? The what is a woman documentary from the Daily Wire and Matt Walsh. This thing is awesome. This guy is amazing. He's a conservative podcaster. And he goes around confronting these uh, these lunatic gender activists who want gender-affirming surgery, so-called, on children performed without parental consent. So he confronts these uh, crazy people who are involved in this industry. Cut 23, please. One of the drugs used is Lupron, right, which mm-hmm. has actually been used to chemically castrate sex offenders? You know what? I'm not sure that we should continue with this interview because it seems like it's going in a particular direction. Well, you're a medical professional. I am a medical professional. So you don't want to talk about the drugs that you give to kids? or Again, I'm a physician and I use medication. You're choosing exploitive words, drugs I give to I'm, kids. I'm choosing a chemical word that was in a dictionary. That's not a correct term for puberty blocking. I, mean, I could like, look it up on my phone. I'm pretty sure if I looked it up. Like, you, you can look it up on your phone. It says medical definition, the administration of a drug to bring about a marked reduction in the body's production of androgens and especially testosterone. Wow. Uh, great stuff. Lupron. Lupron, a puberty suppressant. And yeah, it can be used to, to castrate, chemically castrate sex offenders, and they're giving it to kids, and they have no idea what the hell they're doing. There is no real research on any of this stuff. No significant, no uh, respected research. This is dangerous as hell. And listen to this poor guy. Uh, he's a, wait, it's actually, it's a biological woman who, who transitioned to be a man. Still a biological woman. Looks like a man. Sounds actually like a man. And Matt Walsh has great compassion. This individual regrets the whole thing. Uh, let me hear that one, please. Cut 24. Tell me about the procedures that you, you had. I've had seven surgeries. I've had one stress heart attack. I've had a helicopter life ride uh, with pulmonary embolism. I've had uh, 17 rounds of antibiotics. I had six inches of hair on the inside of my urethra for 17 months. 
Nobody would help me, including the doctor that did this to me because I lost my insurance. I get infections every three to four months. I'm probably not going to live very long. Wow. Um, nobody ever talks about the side effects of, uh, of sex change operations, do they? You never hear about that, but they, there would be plenty, right? I mean, all kinds. And that guy's, that person's talking about them. And Matt Walsh handled this with, uh, yeah, with compassion. You know, we have compassion for people who have uh, gender dysphoria and have problems like that. Don't have much compassion, though, for those who want to do this to kids without parental consent. That's a real uh, no. And they pretend that we're like, oh, we're just so not with it. We're so not cool. We should be, you know, we're unsophisticated somehow. Oh, look at them. They're all worried about this stuff. Well, yeah, we are worried about this stuff. Uh, big time. It, it, it shouldn't be happening for the children. And listen how they talk about us. Those those who don't think that drag queens should be hanging around with kids, they make it seem like we're all political and that we're fear-mongering, but we're not. This is real. This is happening across the board. You got everybody from the attorney general of the state of New York to a church parading around these stupid drag queens and pushing this transgender mess. It's happening. We're not... This is not fakery. This is not commercialism. This is we're trying to save kids here. Cut 21. They nearly lost their mind, lost their minds over the sale of pride flags on kids clothing and the fit of some swimwear. That's what's animated these right wing boycotts. The Republican Party knows that their base likes to be afraid. And so they do crime. They do, you know, you could be turned gay by going to a drag show. Shutting down drag shows and taking medically necessary health care away from children. It is all just noise. Crime. You know, just talking about crime, which is up 50 percent and 30 percent more shootings on cops. We're just uh, making this stuff up, right? No, we're not. And oh, by the way, you know, when it comes to kids, she's like, oh, this will turn you gay. Actually, the concern is this. You should be free to become gay. So some of these kids, the moment they, uh, the moment a little boy says, hmm, I, maybe I like boys, they say, well, therefore you should be a girl. Have you ever thought of it that way? No, I haven't. Well, start thinking of it that way. And here are some hormones, uh, to go along with your little thought process here. It's perverted. They're, we're so onto them. We are so onto them. Especially you, Letitia James, a Catholic girl from Brooklyn, involved in this perversion. Shame, I don't say this very often, but shame on you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, and we're back. The new host of Meet the Press is uh, probably even worse than the old host. Even, I mean, this is Kristen Welker, uh, and she will be hosting things. First of all, isn't it annoying when they say, uh, I'm going to be resigning at the end of the summer? Most people get kicked in the pants. You know, they are gone the next day, maybe two weeks if you're lucky. Uh, cut 29, please. Chuck Todd signing off of Meet the Press, but not really, because he's going to be around uh, for another three or four months at least. Cut 29. I have a personal announcement. Well, today is not my final show. This is going to be my final summer here at Meet the Press. Ooh. Cut 30. So I leave feeling concerned about this moment in history. 
but reassured by the standards we've set here. We didn't tolerate propagandists, and this network and program never will. But it doesn't mean sticking your head in the sand either. If you ignore reality, you'll miss the big story. It's fascinating that he should say that yesterday as he's uh, ending his career because they didn't report on Joe Biden falling down at the Air Force Academy, which was a big deal for an 80-year-old guy who has fallen about a half dozen times before that we know of. And if you guys should just ignore that and somehow claim that you're not the propagandist, you're you're not a propagandist. <laughs> you're like the TASS news agency of the Soviet Union. The people who got around to reporting Chernobyl two weeks later. Oh, there was a minor fire and everything seems to be under control. Um, all right. Now, who gets the thing next? Cut 30. So I leave feeling concerned about this moment in history, but reassured by the standards We've said here, we didn't tolerate propagandists, and this network and program never will. But it doesn't mean sticking your head in the sand either. If you ignore reality, you'll miss the big story. Oh, wait, I just played that one. Uh, I thought the other one where we talked about what's her name. Okay, no, sorry. Kristen Welker is the new host, and she's going to be terrible. Here she is at the moment of truth in the October of 2020 debate. She's hosting it because the commission made a big deal. Oh, by the way, they wanted women of color. All right, look, just look it up. They said it, not me. Uh, plenty of women of color could do this job, except for Kristen Welker. She's not qualified for it. She can't do it. She doesn't have the chops. And how she tried to protect Joe Biden, you'll hear it. It's incredible. Not just on the Hunter Biden laptop, but on issue after issue after Every time Trump brought up Biden's corruption, alleged corruption, corruption, uh, she shut him down. It was incredible. Even worse than Wallace. Remember him? Whatever happened to Wallace? Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'll get to that fake news moderator interrupting Trump and trying to protect Biden in a moment. But first, a special appearance by my daughter. Which daughter was this? Annalise, the one who can talk. She's three. And uh, she likes to walk me to the uh, elevator every day. And uh, tells me about her the latest things going on in her life. And uh, what she's talking about here, you'll be able to hear it. She's got a great big tube. It's a bubble machine. You know, like the little plastic bubbles, but it's a bigger, it's big than, bigger than the normal uh, bottle of bubbles. It's got a big red handle that you can blow really big bubbles. So that's what she's trying to explain to me as we, uh, as we go down the hall. Okay, go ahead. What are you going to do when I come out of the, what? I'm going to show you how to. I'm going to show you how to, to open the top and blow the bubbles. Blow the bubbles? And you come out of the office later. Okay, we'll blow bubbles later. Yeah. See how it's got a red top while you blow them? This is, the bubble thing has a red top. Yeah. Very I like it. But when you blow it, you have to. Have to what? You have to blow it with the stick. All right. Thank you, honey. I want a kiss. Kiss. And now I need a hug. A hug, too. And now I need a kiss. A kiss. Mm. Now I need a five. A five. Here we go. One, two, three. Good. One more, one more time. Ready? Thank you. Good. Bye. Bye, honey. I love you. Bye. 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 I, I, I waited there another two minutes because I got to make sure she gets back inside. 
Did you hear the last thing? It's a five. Uh, somebody taught her how to do the high five, so that's what that's about. She likes to do the high five. And uh, that's pretty wonderful. And one of the things that I have to do for her, I have to clean up my diet. Because I'm at, you know, look, I didn't have her when I was 28 years old, right? I'm a little bit older, and I'd like to stick around uh, for a long time. So I must start. I'm exercising very well. My diet is okay, not great. And I have in front of me what I hope will be my very last starburst. All right. This is the very last Starburst that I will ever eat. I successfully gave up the Fritos. I don't eat chips anymore. Um, and then I also have a half box of Mike and Ike's. These are the very last. This is the last refined sugar I'm ever going to consume. Fair enough. I mean, I've done this pledge. It worked. It worked. James Flippin joins us. James, you think I can do it? I think you can. I'm just curious. What's the last Starburst you're choosing? For the for the final one, what flavor? Oh, uh, it happens to be uh, red, whatever it, flavor that is. I think it's cherry. I don't think it's cherry. There's no <laughs> cherry. There's no fruit in any of this stuff. Here's this is um, the Mike and Ike. I have the Berry Blast. Yeah. And there, ain't, let's just go through the ingredients, shall we? Let's see here. Uh, gosh. Uh, number one, sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number two, corn syrup. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, modified food starch. Uh, citric acid, malic acid, phaneric acid, sodium, sodium nitrate. Isn't that a bomb? I was going to say, I think that's like a poison. <laughs> no, sodium citrate, citrate, natural and artificial flavors. Well, what natural flavors? But Na- see, now you can have fruit instead, like actual fruit. Dex- instead of the dextrin is in here. Confectioner's glaze. I mean, my gosh. It's delicious, but that stuff can't be good for you. Mm. Although on the front of the box it says fat-free. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> fat-free candy. James, uh, what's the deal? Welcome back, our newsreader, so uh, news anchor. What's going on with the uh, Adams and the homeless or the migrants? Yeah, well, so obviously the city continues to try and get creative, I guess, in terms of finding space around the city, around the state. There's hundreds of migrants arriving in the city daily, and they're essentially out of room. I think it was... Last we reported, over half the city's hotel space is being used as makeshift shelters. So now... Wait a second. Half of the city's hotels with migrants. Mm -hmm. Half. This is so unbelievable. And this is so on Joe Biden and our, our, our incompetent, narcissistic, immature mayor. I told you guys. I told you guys just how bad he would be. And here he is. I know. Looks great in a suit. And a lot of people at the New York Post editorial board, somehow they, uh, oh, wow, he impressed you. Look at this. Look at this man wearing a suit. How impressive. He's not impressive. He's a dope. Wow. Uh, so what's the next thing? Well, so yesterday they announced that they're going to use houses of worship to try and find shelter space in churches and synagogues. And I heard about that. All that kind of stuff. So today, Mayor Adams came out with an idea where he wants landlords or renters or people that have extra space in their home or apartment to potentially offer up a room to migrant families. This is so insane. You know, this is what government is for, all right? Now he's trying to make it, all of us, all of us together, right? Do you, did he say this out loud? Yeah, well, basically what he said was that he feels it's better to potentially help out some New York City families. They're offering to pay $100 a day if you're willing to take in a migrant to your, to your home or a migrant family. How long before this goes really bad? I'm giving it one night. Yeah. I mean, it didn't sound good when they were using the schools. Now we're actually going to homes. Not well thought out. Not well thought out at all. Um, This is insane. 
So Adam And by the way, I don't think the migrants are actually asking for this. They're like being given it. There there's something odd about this. Mm. I mean <laughs> There's something I haven't put it all together, but did he say this again? Well, what he talked about here, what we have is some sound of him talking about the concept of either just paying for a family to be housed somewhere in like a facility somewhere versus the concept of paying a family here in New York a hundred dollars to take to take care of that. So cheaper and it's a good investment for us to go to a family and assist them instead of placing people in large congregate settings or in these emergency hotels. How about sending them back to where they came from? He didn't list that as an option. I mean, they're here illegally. These are illegal migrants. Mm -hmm. I know they're here for asylum to escape, what, Venezuela? Maybe Venezuela. I mean, you're you're hearing about people that came from Haiti, maybe via Mexico. It's all insane. It's all artificial. It's all created by the the left. They want this to happen. Um, They happen to be mad at Eric Adams. You see, one thing about... Eric, he's bad at governing and he's bad at politics. So he's alienated all the wrong people in the Biden administration. The one thing he possibly could arguably say that he has going for him is, hey, I'll get along with Joe Biden. But he doesn't anymore. So they're looking to screw him, actually. Mm. And therefore us. It's a bad situation. Well, one resource he does have at his disposal, of course, is Gracie Mansion here in Manhattan. And Mayor Adams talked about how he would like to see Gracie Mansion used. This is then it becomes a whole cute thing. Then it becomes, oh, well, the mayor taken, and then he will, and then it's a big photo op. It's all stupid. Mm-hmm. It's all stupid. And this is so serious. I, I, I am curious now. He is a get Gracie Mansion. Wow. You know, I can't use the building any way I, I, I want, uh, but I don't have a problem if um, I could put a migrant family in Gracie Mansion uh, because I want to leave from the front. Go to hell. <laughs> no, this is such a... This is just another time for him to get attention. Look at me as he does not manage the problem. He does not understand or comprehend the problem. And if if he did, he would not know how to deal with it responsibly. Now we're down to silly photo ops. (laughs) I do it at my house. (laughs) It's goofy. This is a great city and we're losing it. It's going away. I just might go away. I'm either going to run for mayor or I'm going to leave. <laughs> All right. I'm only, that's how I, that's how I, that's, that's what I've been pushed to. All right. Yeah. We, do do have know, a sound, we, we have a sound bite, by the way, from some people on the street we talked to about this concept. And what one if, guy said he'd rather light himself on fire than <laughs> you went out and talked to these well, people. Well, no, it's our news gathering, you know, the team that goes out there. All right. Let's hear what they all had to say. Well, I have to get that. Uh, I don't have it right at this <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay. Somebody's referencing the fact. Uh, all right. Well, okay. So they, they, uh, he, nobody, nobody likes this idea, of course. I mean, right? some people do, I guess. AOC, I mean, and I her imagine. crew, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's the just, squad probably likes it. And it's, a, it's just that now it's a, it becomes a virtue signaling nonsense. And, um, I'm trying to describe. So, all right. Hey, uh, how, how long have you been here now? So let's see. It would have been in January when I joined WABC. All right. So, hey, let's, is it me or is gay pride, fortunately, not as big as it was last year? Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I think that's kind of true, but I, I feel as though so much of that pride stuff is really, you'd use the term virtue signaling, so I'll just go with that. Like a corporate branding strategy, you know, like opportunity for them to kind of 
show how enlightened they are, all these different companies. They change their profile picture on social media with the rainbow flag and stuff. So who are they trying to impress? Like who? It's not the customer. I've heard about that rating thing, you know, uh, whatever, uh, equity index. Yeah. I don't think that solves the whole puzzle here. Some people suggest that's the case because, you know, there's the whole uh, ESG thing in finance, you know, uh, yeah. equity, governance, environment, whatever it may be. The real, the, the guys who want to make a lot of money kind of poo-poo that. Well, that's true, that, but yeah. there's also companies like, you know, BlackRock who are very heavily invested in that whole stuff. And, you know, they make so many calls because they provide funding to various companies and agencies and uh, stuff. Those, they say they do. I don't trust anybody these days. I don't trust anybody. And what a name, by the way, BlackRock. Yeah. It is a, does it sound like, it sounds evil. It does kind of sound I, ominous. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. Is that the Steve Cohen? Who's in charge of that? Uh, no, I don't think that's Steve Cohen. All right, take it back about Steve Cohen. I don't know, but I don't like He's the name He's like Black 72 Rock. Point Ventures or something like that. I don't like BlackRock. I don't like the name. Maybe yeah. they're the best people in the world, but I tend to doubt it. All right, well, anyway, let me know if I need to know anything. And, uh, hey, anybody got a question for James real quick? Roberta in Staten Island, hello. Oh, hi, Greg. I just wanted to mention, I saw uh, I saw him raiding Mar-a-Lago on TV, and, uh, and his, one of his lawyers was there saying, um, she saw the FBI people coming in with some backpacks, and she thought maybe they were storing stuff in there, and, and she was worried about it. So Is that what, Christina possible. Bob? Was it Christina Bob? Uh, yeah, it was a woman, a woman, yeah, a good-looking woman. Yeah, from back then, from last uh, from last August, right? Yep, yep. I yeah, it could have been Christina TV. Bob. I uh, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past the FBI to set this, uh, to set up President Trump. Hell, the National Archives already tried to set him up. Uh, thank you, Roberta. And, uh, ooh, wait, uh, we have to hold on that. Don, hello. Hey, Greg. Um, I was going to com- comment on the ch- fact that the churches are turning into flop houses, but that was already covered with you guys. All I just want to say is- Well, let me ask you this. I mean, uh, there are some who will say the church, you know, is the kind of place where this should happen. And, uh, I, uh, I, Look, that's not their mission. That's not the uh, primary thing they do. People put all kinds of burdens on the church, and I think they're held to unreasonable standards sometimes. So what do you think? What do, what do you think about the church and the, and the migrants? I don't want Pope Francis turning everything into a social institution in the church. It isn't a social institution. It's to, to give praise to God. That's what it's there for. You ever see that uh, video where Pope Francis smacks a guy? It's pretty funny. It's like, what the, he's a, he's a, well, whatever. I, you're not supposed to say anything bad about the Pope, so I'm not going to say anything else. Thanks, Don. Very good. And the legendary Barbara is standing by. Barbara. Yes. Hi, Greg. Um, I wanted to mention, you're talking about the movie, What is a Woman? And I watched it a while ago. It's amazing. And, but I, I, when you were showing bits of it last night, I, I, caught on to giving Lupron to children, that they're giving Lupron to children. And that set off such alarm bells because my husband had to be on Lupron because of his prostate cancer. Lupron is a horrible, horrible drug. The doctors told us the purpose of Lupron is to take every bit of muscle in your body and turn it into fat. And you can imagine what that does to a a, a person's body, be they male or female. It, it debilitates the person. My husband was such a fit man, and and this just changed him completely, but it was to fight the prostate cancer. So we're giving it to children? 
And when you look at, I looked at the Mayo Clinic's website, the Mayo Clinic, and they talked about what happens when you give Lupron to children and the possible side effects, and they are just terrifying to read, just terrifying. Wow. Upset about that. And and, and I'm also very concerned right now about what's going on in um, California with these uh, drag queens posing as nuns who are blaspheming all Christians, not just Catholics, but especially Catholics, blaspheming them by performing very lewd and horrible acts in front of a crucifix. And do these people, for one thing, not know that when AIDS was a new disease and we didn't know, was it contagious? How do you take care of people? The first one to step forward and take care of these AIDS patients that no one else would touch were nuns and priests who took it upon themselves in their medical practice to take care of these AIDS patients when no one else would. I didn't know that, and that is amazing. Wow. Yeah, those people. It is, it's unbelievable what's happening to society. It is the breakdown of civil society. It is Sodom and Gomorrah. Robert Bork, who I'm going to be talking about tonight, the uh, the guy who was nominated for the Supreme Court by Ronald Reagan but didn't make it because he was uh, basically canceled, wrote a book, Slouching Toward Gomorrah. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah he wrote it uh, in the late 1990s, and everything he prophesized is coming true. I mean, this decadent culture. Look, I like to have a good time. I'm an adult. I've seen everything. I've done a lot of stuff. But, you know, I also know the harm that goes with all that crap. I do. And uh, it's, uh, it's a dark time, but there's got to be hope. There is hope. And, uh, oh, boy. Barbara, give us some hope. Well, for example, when, when we come to this um, Pride Night in California, the Los Angeles Diocese and other Catholic groups have stepped up. They are having a procession on June 16th from the Cathedral of Our Lady, Queen of the Angels in Los Angeles, to Dodgers Stadium, a peaceful procession of prayer and atonement for the um, offense to the Catholic Church and to our Lord on the crucifix, because that seems to be what this group of drag queens go after. They go after very much, always, the crucified Christ. Well, it's all the way in California. I'm not going. That's my protest. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we're not going, of course. And we're not going to let it happen at Yankee Stadium or City Field, God forbid. Uh, they're not going there, are they? Uh, not that we know of, but who knows? Because I, I read, I forget, another team out in California is doing the same thing, and they're inviting the same group. Yeah, no, and- it's the uh, Anaheim Angels or the California Angels, whatever they call them now, which is right, yeah, I know, it, it's the same group. It's amazing how this stuff is embraced, but a, an actual genuine conversation about Christ and a celebration of God is uh, frowned upon, and that might offend people. Oh, you might offend people with that. Well, what about this? What about this? Anyway, we all have to hang in there. We have to stay busy, get busy, find out what we do well, and apply it to this problem and uh, help in any way we can. Thank you so much for the encouragement, Barbara. As always, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the, The guy on Fox News just issued some sort of long apology. 
I'm sorry I said it. I shouldn't have said it. Why did I say it? I don't know why I said it. I shouldn't have said it. But what the hell did he say? Unclear. But there was just a major apology on Fox News. What was that all about? We're trying to find out if there was anything. uh... Well, they got a lot to apologize about at Fox News. Uh, Arizona, for one, calling Arizona. That would be a biggie. Also, uh, their misreporting of what was going down on on January 6th. A lot of stuff that they have to atone for. Um, hey, this tweet by Trump about uh, Kim Jong-un. Congratulations on joining the WHO, the World Health Organization. It's funny, the amateurs, the amateurs, how they reacted to this. Uh, where do we have that? They all go nuts when, uh-oh, mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, we have Nikki Haley, others uh, just so upset. Cut 37. Whether it's my former running mate or anyone else, no one should be praising uh, the dictator in North Korea. I was surprised to see that. I mean, I think, one, Kim Jong-un is a murderous dictator. We need to be getting out of that and rejecting the WHO lockdown treaty um, and not congratulating about being involved in the WHO. There's nothing good or decent about Kim Jong-un. There's no reason we should ever congratulate the fact that they are now vice chair of the World Health Organization. Well, they missed the whole point. The whole point is this crazy guy, Kim Jong-un, is being welcomed into the WHO. It's highlighting the absurdity of the WHO, and the WHO is crazy. The World Health Organization, Trump was magnificent. He was so up upfront and honest about who would not like the WHO because it's not, it has a great name, right? Okay, terrific. Listen to this. Cut 38. Look, I feel very badly about the World Health Organization but it's been a tool of China. It's been, as I say, totally China-centric. You take a look at everything that's happened. They've been wrong. I was all for it at the beginning. What do I know? I walked in. I said, World Health Organization, isn't that wonderful? And then you start to see all the mistakes. They didn't want us to close our borders to China, to Wuhan. I love that. I just love that. I become president. What do I know? Sounds wonderful. I was too busy making a career, making something great, making an entity, you know, it doesn't have to, not caught up like uh, like the swamp is all the time. Anyway, great stuff. I love that. I love the openness, the honesty. Folks, I'm sorry I'm out of time. Uh, to be continued, Carmine, Max, Dan, Robert, and the rest, I will be over at the Newsmax show at 10 o'clock tonight. Good show in store. And uh, thank you all. All right? Take care out there. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.